0: First phone call when you get good news. I love you, Brandon, but my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, first phone call when you get bad news.
1: I love you, Brandon, but my mom. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Arielle Charness to the couch. In 2009, when Ariel was just 22 years old, she started a style blog that you may have heard of called Something Navy. We'll let her tell that story. But since then, she's gained a following of more than a million people. And she's become a super influencer. In 2017, her very first collection with Nordstrom drove more than a million dollars in sales in one day. And then she launched her brand with Nordstrom, which was so popular that they crashed the website. No big deal. Now she's rolling out more and more collections with the retailer. Along the way, Ariel has had to learn how to be her own boss and how to preserve her connection to her followers as her company and brand grows. Ariel, welcome to the couch.
2: We are so excited to have you. And you just told us we are taking your podcast virginity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are. This is the first podcast I've ever done, first podcast I've, I've ever listened to.
2: This is very exciting. Oh, For us, we're no excited. Pressure. <laughs> I know. This is going to be great. All right, we're going to keep it easy. Scam your resume for us.
1: Oh, God. Okay. Um. I. It's very small. I worked <laughs> in retail at Theory and Me Packing um, as a sales girl on the floor um, while side blogging. And then I immediately jumped into that as my full-time career for the last nine years. This August will be my 10-year anniversary oh my of wow. launching something Navy. That is crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Wild to say. Wow. So yeah.
0: We're assuming that a lot of the people that are listening know what Something Navy is. But for those who might not know, can you tell us about it and how did it start?
1: Yeah. So Something Navy started as a fashion blog. Um, I started in 2009 because of a breakup. I was dating a guy who was going into a family business and he was obsessed with the you know idea of a girl having her own passion, her own life, and I didn't have anything. I was in college and partying and you know, have, having no clue what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and after he mentioned it to me, because we were sort of on the rocks, and so I was trying to find something to do to impress him, keep him around. Um, so I started the blog for all the wrong reasons. Um, it was really just to show him that I was doing something. And I knew that I loved putting outfits together, but I did not know what I could possibly do with that. I didn't want to be a stylist because I really can't dress other people. Um, I just knew you know, how to put myself together, how to find cute pieces at affordable prices and mix it with vintage pieces or pieces from my mom's closet. Um, and so I started posting those outfits. And then two months later, he broke up with me. I was devastated, thought my life was over. Um, and then my older sister was like, you need to put this energy into something positive. Like, you should go full force with this blog. Um, and so I started doing that, and I became obsessed with it. For six months, I was, you know, garnering a following from women all over the world. I was interacting with, you know, so many different kinds of people and giving them advice and telling them how to, how to dress. And I guess it was maybe eight months into it, some a woman reached out to me and told me that she was going to... Help me, you know, create content for the blog. So she took me behind the scenes of photo shoots. The first one was for Juicy Couture, um, and we did that a few, you know, a few different times. And then she told me she was launching an agency that was going to represent girls like me and help us make money off of the products that I was posting about and promoting. Um, so I, I, of course, signed with her. I was one of the first to sign, and that's now the agency called Digital Brand Architects. And so I started doing that. And then after about six months of doing that with her, she got me a job for a shopping website called Singer 22. And it was a little store in Long Island. And they asked me to be their model on the website, style the clothing, and then write little blog posts for them. And I was able to quit theory and do that full time. And then from there, I just started getting jobs. And Instagram launched three years later. And it became my full time career.
2: How did you come up with the name? it's really a bad story. (laughs) I
1: I was just in my room with my friend and I just kept saying I need to start the blog. And I I love the color navy. So I want to call it something navy. So can you help me think of something navy? So we kept (laughs) saying, okay, something navy, something navy. And then I was like, you know what, I'm just starting it. I probably would have put a little more thought into it if I had known it would be a business 10 years later. Um, But it just... We just wanted to, you know, get it going, and I just used that name. I feel like that sometimes how the best names. Start yeah, out. Yeah, it's funny. I don't like really think about what that name. It's just it's such a random. I don't know, but it it sticks. It it works. So
0: obviously, you talk about like the catalyst for starting this was a breakup, and now you're married, you have a beautiful family. But how annoying is it to talk about some guy that you dated like ten years ago?
1: It's an it's so it's annoying, but it's actually I mean. He wasn't a a bad guy. He, you know, the way he broke up with me was, you know, you really need to find yourself before you're in a serious relationship. He was older and he was like, you know, and I, if we're meant to be, we'll come back together. But I just know that, you know, you're 21. Like you need to take time to like figure out yourself. At the time I was like, I hate him. He's the worst (laughs) person ever. But now I'm like, he did the biggest, like he did the best thing in the world for me. And, you know, it wasn't out of, you know, he, he didn't cheat on me. He didn't lie to me. He didn't, it was really just, he saw that, you know, I was young and really needed to find what it was that, you know, made me happy aside from a relationship. And it was the best advice I ever got. And if that didn't happen, I would not be where I am today. So, you know, talking about him actually is a really, it's, it's makes me happy. It's nice. So how would you describe what your actual day-to-day is? So as an influencer, and a mother day to day. Do you call yourself an influencer now? Is that yeah? Because I don't blog. Okay, I mean I don't have a blog. I we have an incredible website now. So the the day to day is again like as a mother and you know as an influencer. There's really no set day. Like the what we do every single day is so different. Um, obviously with kids, my child has 102 fever, throws my whole day off. So a lot of things had to change today. Aside from this, every single day it's different. Some days we'll just be sitting at the computer all day. Some days we'll be, you know, taking pictures for five hours straight, and then other days we're running around on meetings and um, other kinds of things like press previews. Okay.
0: Do you look that put together every single day when you go into the office, or is part of your day styling yourself for the shoots?
1: I'm put together every single day. I wake up every morning. It's from jewelry to makeup to heels to an outfit. It's my therapy, waking up in the morning, picking out my outfit, getting dressed. We usually meet outside, Anna and I, in the morning, take a picture of my outfit, and then go to the office. What does your team look like today? So it's six of us in the office, and we're all women, which I love. was very important to me. Um, and then we have an agency right now. So they're on this, in the same building, a different floor, which is really nice. And then my husband, who's in and out, does not work for us at all, but loves to be a part of everything and we really don't make decisions without him so do you guys do you have your team or
0: members of your team taking pictures of you all day long or do you do it more in photo shoots
1: <laughs> anna takes pictures of me all day long we're literally
2: watching we're Anna watch. she's, she's just literally holding filming me right now the yeah.
1: phone filming um, <laughs> so anna's our social media coordinator and our photographer so she's her job is to create content um provide co- me content for my insta stories my my pictures every single day um, people don't really like to see camera professional photos on Ariel Charnis, um, but she's constantly doing that for Something Navy. So to clarify, you have two Instagram channels now. Yes. You have the Ariel Charnis one, which yes. is you personally, My personal Instagram. and then the Something Navy yeah. brand one. Which is fully dedicated to Something Navy. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, she's not taking pictures of me all day, but we take one in the morning when we're getting dressed. Um, she films like the girls in the office for funny content during the day. And then we shoot a bunch of outfits for the, um for jobs, for the website, and for the collection. So we use it on both.
2: So in the early days, it was obviously it was just you. And you're working home by yourself. You're being your own boss. You're figuring out as you go. There's obviously a, a ton of challenges with that. But how did you, in those days, how did you set goals for yourself? And how did you stick to them? Because it's not like you were bringing in a ton of money in the early days. And it's not like you were becoming a household name at that point. Can I be completely honest yeah. with you?
1: I had no clue what I was doing. I really had no clue. I I just knew that I liked putting outfits together. It made me happy and I wanted to do it every day. Um, my husband is, you know, runs everything financial for me. I mean, to this day, not really. I mean, I guess Tara's more that role, but um, he really helped me, you know, make sure that I was, you know, paying my taxes, setting budgets for myself. Um, giving myself a salary, which really never worked out. I kind of just, you know, took in whatever I was getting and sort of let him pay for, you know, he paid for our apartment. He would pay for groceries and, you know, just our everyday life, you know, finances. But what I was making was not really going back into the business. I, the only thing I was using it for was to pay for a photographer every single day um, and to go to H&M and Zara and buy new clothes to promote and style.
2: How did, I mean, the fact that like, you're very open that you're like, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, yeah. you, didn't, you didn't know what this is going to become. No. And we sh- know what that's we like. We know what that's like. And I think also when you're in a position like that and you're meeting a lot of interesting people and you are getting, you're trying to get noticed, but you are still very much on your own, there are a lot of ways to easily get taken advantage of. And there are a lot of people or agencies that right. come in and are like, we we we're going to do, gonna this, do for this for you. you. Yeah. We're going to incubate your idea. We're going to turn it into this. Did you have yeah. things that like that happened? A How did you percent. avoid
1: the pitfalls? So I'm very I'm a very laid back person. I really don't um I again I don't set goals. I don't set plans. I'm very go with the flow. If it's meant to be, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I don't, you know, really freak out over things like that. Um I'm also very skeptical. So when I go to meetings, I'm not super open. I I hear what people are saying, but I think I have a really good judge of character and can pick up on, you know, whether or not, you know, something is beneficial for me also or just beneficial for someone else. But at the same time, I grew up with an Israeli father who's very controlling, very strong personalities. I mean, everyone knows who my dad is if you follow me, but he he before I met my husband, he went to every meeting. He was, you know, the decision maker. Um, and then I, I ended up marrying someone very similar. So, you know, I go to meetings and my husband does all the talking, does all the decision making. I mean, obviously, I have to agree to things. But at the end of the day, he makes those, you know, difficult decisions on whether or not, you know, some things, you know, someone's taking advantage or if it's, you know, a good partnership. But we also hired Tara to, you know, help make those decisions now.
2: Do you, is there a comfort that you feel in having kind of that the obviously, a person you trust, you know, no matter what the type of the relationship is. But uh, that there's someone, there is someone taking care of you in some yeah. way. Is that something you know? As you become, you know, a bigger and bigger executive and businesswoman, um, how do you how do you
1: maintain
2: the comfort and being taken care so, of with
1: establishing yourself? It's a weird thing because I grew up, you know, obviously, like I said, having a father like that. But I had an older sister who did everything for me, took care of me told me what to do, made decisions for me, spoke for me, married someone the same way. It's very, like, it's. these are things I'm noticing now because, you know, as the brand's getting bigger, I don't, I actually like having that off of my plate. I don't like being in control of business decisions. I mean, obviously I like to oversee creative aspects, but when it comes to actual business decisions, like important business decisions, I don't like to be the one to make those, those calls. I just, I don't. It's a lot of pressure on me. It gives me anxiety. Um, but at the same time i feel like you know i don't know just having those two people i don't i don't think that you know i would ever be able to do it on my own and i i don't think i would make a smart decision just because i don't think of the big picture ever i'm very much in the moment in the now and you know the people that work for me including not not my husband but people that work for me that make those those decisions are always thinking about the bigger picture, which is really important when you're building a business. What do you think that you're best at now? Creative. um, I think designing, knowing what my followers want, what they're looking for, interacting with them, engaging with them, um, putting looks together for myself, but also for them. So it's really just about, for me at this point, is understanding the people that follow me and what I can bring to the table for them. And then they execute.
0: One thing that we noticed uh, was until May of 2018, you worked from home and you worked solo. What was it like to have no boundaries between work life and
1: home life? I mean, it was fine until I had kids. Um, So when I worked from home, it was kind of, you know, it went hand in hand because you're posting your apartment, you're posting your clothing, your outfits, you're changing all the time. So it actually was worked out pretty well. Um, but then once I had Ruby, it became you know super difficult. The guilt was next level. you know if I was working in one room and I hear her playing or even crying in the other room, it was heartbreaking. So it was very much that you know I couldn't put a hundred percent into being a mother and I couldn't put a hundred percent into you know my job. So I was pretty much half assing everything. Um, so it got to a point where, Well, I always had one person working for me. And then it got to a point where we hired a second person. I was like, I can't – I also can't have all these people in my home with the germs, obviously. And I was like, we need to get a space. And um, we did right right next door to my apartment, and it was the best thing that we ever did.
2: I'm fascinated – we bring a lot of people on this podcast who are very much love to talk about their journey of like and now I'm a businesswoman. Right. And now I run this the you know the financial business side and I I love hearing that um what what has really struck me about both following you and just hearing you today is that you have a very clear sense of self. You very much know who you are. You very much are confident in putting that out there. Um and that's obviously there's been gut instincts that have allowed you to make decisions to get to the stage you're in now and where you're going. Is that something you've always had? And is that something, has that wavered over time? You know, it's interesting
1: you saying the gut instincts because I made all the decisions up until this past year. So, you know, but I never really thought about them. They were just sort of, you know, if it felt right or if it didn't feel right. I never thought about, you know, again, like the big picture, anything like that. But I don't know if I've always, I mean, I grew up, I talk about it, I've talked about it before on my platforms, I was bullied a lot uh, growing up. I was always underweight. I wore a back brace, I had terrible skin, um, and, you know, I was made fun of constantly. But I I still was very confident. I'm not really sure why. Um, I think that – I think parenting has a lot to do with it. My parents were really – they just were so, you know, supportive and always encouraging me to, you know – just find things to that made me happy and and feel good about myself I mean, every Carrie single day. She's really nice. She's the best <laughs> and she's like the number one cheerleader for everything and you know I I also had, you know, sisters who I was just so I had such I still do have such close relationships with and I think that, you know, having that support system just makes you feel confident and strong. But, you know, those people that gave me a hard time, it's come back full circle. I've seen them before and You know, they'll either ask to, you know, have me promote their jewelry on Instagram or the guy who, you know, called me an anorexic bitch at a party offered to buy me a drink at a bar and not know I was the same person. Um, So those, how do you deal with that? Because I think that comes around. We we talk about it a lot between us. I mean, the negative comments are never ending. But the thing is, is that if it's something that I'm insecure about, it'll upset me. But a lot of the things that they say about me, don't but, or not things but when people are about. coming back from the woodwork society, oh see yeah. um
2: how do you how do you deal with those kind of those moments
1: i mean i'm always i'm i don't hold grudges ever because i'm happy and i don't care like i'm you know those things happened but like it was such a long time ago and i really don't it hasn't it doesn't affect me now um so you know if someone does ask me to promote their jewelry and if it's cute i will of course um but it's it's I don't know. It's not something that you know really bothers me when they come out of the woodworks. The, the only negative is that it's very difficult for me to make friends. I just I never really know what the intentions are or if you know someone. I don't know. Have you found really that know. your circles gotten smaller? Yeah, I barely have a circle. I mean, I have the Welcome girls. Welcome to our house. Yeah. It's isolating.
0: <laughs> I, it's, I get it.
1: It's, it's isolating. But, you know, again, I have two sisters who are my life. I have a really great team, and they're, you know, awesome girls. And then I have, you know, those two friends that I grew up with that have been around from the beginning. And, um, you know, the the, mo- the friends that I'm making now are all through the kids. But at the same time, it's a little weird because you don't know if, like, they, you know. Like, what? like why? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like if I'm in a mom group, you know. I always am so nice to everyone because I'm, I think of myself as like, I don't know that these people are following me. Like, I just want to make new mom friends for my ki- for my daughter. But like, you know, there's moments where like, I'll see them, like if they're, our kids are staying together, like taking pictures of them. And I'm like, that's fully my, it's like yeah. all my daughter's face, your son's like yeah. barely in it. Yeah. So like, I kind of know what's going on here, but like, yeah. it doesn't upset me. I just know that this person obviously follows me. And you know, I don't know. There's just, I'm always have an eye out. That's all.
0: Every night when I am in a good routine, I actually lay out what I'm going to wear the next day. I do, too. I think you learned that from me. I think I did, too. Actually, my mom taught me when I was in first grade. But okay. But one of the things that I always forget and have to think about the next day is what bra I'm wearing with every outfit. And it's really annoying. But we have found a company that makes bras that finally actually fit.
2: It is called Third Love, and they have bras that are hands down the most comfortable ones you will own. They have tagless labels, which is my biggest pet peeve in life is when you have a tag that bothers you under your shirt, uh, straps that won't slip, and super soft fabrics.
0: The the straps not slipping is the big thing for me, and it took me forever to find a bra where like the straps weren't falling down, so thank you. Third
2: Love. And right now, because you are listening to Skim from the Couch, you get 15% off of your very first order. So go to thirdlove.com skim right now to find your very perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your very first purchase. That is thirdlove.com slash skim for 15% off.
0: Your kids are obviously now a huge part of your channel Did you make a decision to do that, or was that always a given in how you've had the relationship with your audience?
1: Again, like it's not, you know, I never made a decision. It just was a very natural evolution. I had babies, and, you know, my whole career is based on sharing my everyday life. And if I did not share that aspect, I don't think that I would have the following that I do. They don't, they would be upset with me. I mean, they feel like it's owed to them to see, you know, if I give birth to a baby, right. they want to see that baby. They want to see what she's doing. And, you know, there there are things that, you know, make me a little nervous because it's uncharted territory. I don't know how this is going to affect my kids later on down the line. But, you know, I do try to set some boundaries. And um, I, I do try to keep, you know, my priorities very straight. And, yeah.
2: There's a lot that you're controlling. Like you're controlling yeah your image you're controlling how you put your family in front of the camera but you also have a team now and you can't possibly control everything um and we we know firsthand that that can be really tough and a tough transition what is the first time that you had to delegate a major project
1: i mean i pretty much delegate all of the nordstrom the entire nordstrom partnership i mean i have a manager and i have um you know someone that sort of coordinates everything but all of the, the Nordstrom decisions are ultimately made by me and Nordstrom, so you know, at the end of the day, like that's something that I don't want to ever give up control of. Um, but when it comes to personal life, I have a very big fear of giving up control. I can't give up control of anything personal, like my family, uh, help, like I just anything with my family and myself. But when it comes to business, I'm happy to give up control in a lot of aspects just not, you know, the creative and the design and the parts that like I'm really involved in.
2: Have there been times where you were not happy how something turned out that you are like, yes.
1: I shouldn't have given up control. Oh my God, of course, a million times. I mean, I think a lot of it is, you know, uh, it's hard. You give up control with, you know, negotiations when it comes to partnerships and contracts, because that's not something that I know how to do. So I so- sort of leave that in someone else's hands. But You know, sometimes people don't really know exactly what – I mean, I guess in the beginning, not not really right now because they've learned what it is that I like to do and what I don't like to do. But in the beginning, it was tough because I sort of – you know, when this became a new thing, you know, posting in exchange for, you know, a fee, you were just sort of doing whatever it was that they wanted because you were so excited to make money off of this. So during, like, that time, it was really hard for me to sort of create content that was very much controlled by the brand – Whereas now we're in full control and we will not work with someone who tries to take over the creative process. So that was hard in the beginning, but we're really, you know, on top of that and in control of that now.
2: So obviously the Nordstrom launch was a huge success and every business outlet has written about just how unprecedented the the sales were. But you also addressed that there were complaints from some of your followers around fit and quality. What was it like to receive criticism really for the first time
1: from your community? So, I mean... I receive criticism from them all the time. <laughs> but this time it's it was hard because, you know, it is something that I'm not fully secure about because I do give up control in certain areas um, with Nordstrom, you know, because they're producing the product. But what, you know, was difficult for me was the sizing aspect because, you know, it is a little bit larger than your ordinary, you know, extra small or small but you know, getting that feedback from my followers is actually, even though it's criticism, it's super helpful for me. Super helpful for my team because we could take that feedback and bring it to Nordstrom, work with them on you know the next launch. That it, that that's the other tough part is we're we're designing so far in advance that a lot of them go into production before we get the feedback. Right. So we weren't able to make adjustments to fit until this launch. So the last couple of launches, you know, we just had to keep letting them know what to size down in, um, what to, you know, size up in and all that kind of stuff. But it's really not the worst thing in the world t- for us because the feedback is how I built my business. The feedback is how, you know, I know what to make for them. Um, And whether it's good or bad, it's super helpful for us.
0: In sharing so much of your life, you've obviously talked about getting criticism at times yeah. from your following. Have you changed how you've reacted to that over time?
1: I mean, I've always kind of reacted the same. You know, I, yeah, I guess I've changed a little bit. I used to address some of them. I don't anymore, just because it's a waste of time and energy. You're going to get criticism and hate no matter what, especially when you're putting yourself out there. Not everyone's going to love me, which is fine, and I've learned to accept that. But it's really, for me, it's just sort of reading it, internalizing it, and then moving forward. And if it's something that, you know, I feel that, is legit and that we can actually work on. We talk as a team and we try to figure out ways to, you know, fix a certain situation. But other than that, I mean, a lot of the messages come from their own personal issues and really has nothing to do with me. And I've sort of accepted, you know, the fact that it's really not about me at the end of the day.
2: What's the next big challenge at work that you are both excited and scared to take on?
1: We are planning to launch um, a bunch of new categories. a few that I'm very, very excited about, very passionate about, um, but I'm also nervous because I don't know how my followers are going to react to it. But it's also a great learning experience for us because we can, you know, see what um, succeeds and what doesn't, and we can hone in on the ones that you know we feel are getting a really strong reaction from my followers. So that's the next big th- big thing: launching new categories, new products. Um, but also, you know, we launched our website recently, and you know, it's it's definitely new for me because obviously I talk about, I'm very open on my Instagram, but I'm talking about a lot of personal things on the website. Um, the girls in my office are, you know, opening up about a lot of personal things on the website. So, you know, we're writing a lot of articles, which is fun. Um, we're introducing a section called The Sphere, where we're bringing on different businesses and um, services and brands and people that we admire, we use, and we think that, you know, the world needs to know about. So we're creating like a bubble of amazing people. And we're just really trying to make it a a community.
0: So if you listen to the show, you know we talk about investing and how we can make our money work better. Um, And we found something that's pretty easy.
2: So please meet Robinhood. It is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, options, cryptos, all commission-free, Robinhood is pretty much a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers, like ourselves, to invest for the first time confidently because it is honestly just that easy to use. They have very easy to understand charts and market data. You can place a trade with just a few taps on your phone and you will feel like you actually know what you're doing. And now Robinhood is giving
0: listeners a free stock. Like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at skim.robinhood.com. That's skim, S K I M M dot Robinhood.com.
2: We're going to move to our favorite part of the show, the lightning round. Oh, God. So we ask questions <laughs> and you answer okay. as fast as you
0: can. Okay. Ready? Yeah. What did you think you were going to be when you grew up?
1: A psychologist, college major psychology. First job. Ooh, um uh National Gene Company, this it's a store in Long Island. Worst job. Ooh. Oh, okay. Um I worked for Necessary Clothing and it was it was just not fun.
2: <laughs> Worst professional mistake you ever made?
1: It's not really a mistake. I launched a shopping website with my dad and my sister and it it did not work out, but it was actually a good thing because I learned from it.
0: First phone call when you get good news.
1: Oh, I love you, Brandon, but my mom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, first phone call when you get bad news.
1: I love you, Brandon, but my mom.
2: <laughs> when was the last time you negotiated for yourself? Um, Right
1: before Christmas.
2: Go-to interview question.
1: When you're hiring someone. Oh, well, what's your sign?
0: Really? Yeah. What are, your- what are your signs? Virgo, Aries.
1: Oh, April? Yeah august august what are you gemini
0: so what it, then i just like to about- know I,
1: I mean the people in my life are all like a specific sign so i just want to know if i'm going to work well with that person tara like yells at me every time i ask the person she's so uncomfortable
2: <laughs> i haven't <laughs> the heard girl we just one. hired That's... by the
1: way is an aries so. yeah. she'll be great yeah <laughs> uh,
2: what drives you
1: my kids
0: what's your shameless plug
2: Something navy, obviously. But you want to follow something navy? Is that what our our listeners should know how to do? Shop something navy. Shop something yeah. navy. Okay. I have one more I'm gonna add. Does Ruby lose skim? Oh yeah.
0: Before she can read. Before she, she can skims. read, she skims. She's really a genius <laughs> child. That's what we
2: found out today. All right, Ariel tarnas thank you so much. Thank you uh we're we're incredibly impressed about the business you've created. Thank
1: you so much. Thanks thank for having you. me.
2: Thanks for listening. But before you go, we've got some exciting news to share with you. As you know, at The Skim, we are all about helping you live a smarter life. And with the new year in full swing, we launched a campaign to help you own it better than any new year's resolution. Our campaign is called New Year Smarter You. You can get behind that. And it is all about making it easier to live smarter when your career, your finances, your health, and in giving back. So instead of making just another resolution you would have already broken by now, we wanted to help you build smarter habits that will help you take control of your life long-term. Things like how to make sleep a priority, how to start investing, how to give back, how to decode natural beauty products, and how to navigate the job search. Because honestly, we wanted to treat ourselves better and to start the year off right, we are helping you do it too. Go to theskim.com and click on New Year Smarter You to check it out.